Amen. I do believe those two ladies have sung together before. Amen? Wow. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. You will have to excuse me for a second as we readjust. Guys, I cannot believe it, but uh, it is September. Whew. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it, it flew by. Uh, it is September, which means fall is right around the corner. It's actually 22 days away. I know that Starbucks has you off because they have, they have released their pumpkin spice. Uh, but fall's not till the 23rd, okay? Uh, so we're about 22 days away. But that does mean we're in our fall semester of ministry, which means we have a ton of things that are about to kick off. And so this Wednesday night, we kick off all of our fall activities. Um, and so we've got programs for our children, uh, Kingdom Kids. We've got programs for our youth. Uh, they have a Wednesday night Bible study called Thrive. We have a Bible study for men, uh, a Bible study for women, and we have a prayer meeting all going on Wednesday night. So dinner is served at 5 45. Uh, it's 12 bucks for families. It's $2 for kids. It's $4 for adults. Again, we cap it at 12 bucks. So we hope to see you here um, as we kick off this fall semester. Also means, guys, because fall is here, that our fall festival and trunk or treat is right around the corner. And uh, it is one of the biggest outreaches we do around here. We usually have a couple thousand people come. And the Lord uh, has been gracious enough the last couple years to make us the only place open um, because it has rained and we have indoor facilities and we've been able to host it indoors. So it is a rain or shine of event. In a couple weeks, we're going to start signing up for that. So I just want you to be praying, hey, Lord, could we, could we sign up our car? And so um, you decorate a trunk, and, uh, and you buy the supplies to decorate it. And we ask that if you, you bring some candy, we also provide you with backup candy. So just kind of be thinking about what the cost might be in that. Um, but we need about 22 to 24 uh, vehicles to make that thing work. And what happens is, uh, I think it's 22, actually. Um, so what happens is, uh, if it rains, we give you a door inside the church, and you decorate the door inside. And it's always fun to look at all those things that were supposed to be outside, like hay, and what happens when you bring those indoors in the church. And uh, it's really fun to vacuum that up for months afterwards. But uh, it's going to be good. We, we love it. And so we, we have some awesome people here. We want you to know that's coming, guys. Also, because fall is, uh, the fall semester is starting, next week we start a brand new sermon series um, on the book of Daniel. And it's called Faith in the face of fear. And I uh, told you guys what we're going to do is we want to help you invite people to church. Um, and this year, instead of printing stuff, having little cards you could hand out, what we're going to do is on Tuesday morning, um, we're going to email out some links to artwork that you can use in social media. So you can use it on Facebook. You can use it on Instagram. Um, we're also going to, uh, we reactivated our church Instagram account. If you used to follow us, uh, we realized like that kind of has fallen by. So that is back up and, and we're going to, we kind of have a, a like all through the week, we're going to be posting stuff that you can share um, and, and you can invite people because guys, here's what we know about life, right? And sometimes life is scary, right? Sometimes life is just scary. Sometimes we're facing an illness. Sometimes we're facing a situation. Um, you know, maybe, maybe facing the loss of a little, and, and we don't know what's going to happen, and we're afraid. And that's why God continually in his word says, do not be afraid. And so the book of Daniel is a great book to learn. How, how do you conquer fear? And the answer really is only one way, and that's through faith in God. And so I want to talk to you about how faith can help you in life conquer those fears that you'll face because you will face them. And so we're excited about all those things. That's what fall means for us. So we want you to be a part of our ministry and what we're doing around here. Now, right now, we are wrapping up our study on the kingdom of God. I, I pray it has been good for you. I pray it has been eye-opening. Um, if we're going to talk about uh, kind of, the, if this is the last Sunday to talk about the kingdom of God, I want to talk about the end of the kingdom. 
I want to talk about the end of, 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 of well, it's really the beginning of the kingdom. But what, what does the consummation of the kingdom look like? What, what happens at, it, at the end um, when God does come to set all things right? And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. A little apocalyptic, you'll forgive me. Uh, but it is important that we know how the story ends. And so join me in a word of prayer. Uh, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, um, we'll be in Hebrews chapter 12. But please join me in a word of prayer if you don't mind. Father, um, thank you for your word. And uh, God, we declare here that it is good and that it is what we need. And we believe you when you say that your word is alive and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. We believe you when you say that it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, uh, that we might be equipped for every good work. And we believe you when you say that by grace you saved us um, because we're your workmanship, which you, you set apart before we were even known, that you set us apart for good works. And so we know your word has much to do with the good that we are meant to do in this world. And, and so, um, Holy Spirit, we want to pause every moment that we gather together corporately. We want to pause and recognize that you are our teacher and our guide. And we ask that you would come and take your place um, here in our pulpit, that you would... Um, lift up and exalt Jesus Christ that we might see him clearly. We pray, especially this morning, that you would help us see how the story ends and, and, and how um, you are faithful with us in spite of all that will uh, transpire in history. And so, God, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So guys, I'm in Hebrews chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, I'd ask that you open them. If you don't have one, there's one in the pew rack in front of you. You can also use your phones, uh, but Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, I'm going to be honest. So our focus starts in verse 25, but to give you a little bit of context, I want to go back to verse 18. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to start in verse 18 just to get you some context before we get to verse 25. Um, Our focus is 25 through 28. But again, just for a little context, uh, the, the, the writer of Hebrews says, For you have not come to what could be touched, to a blazing fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to the blast of a trumpet and the sound of words. Those who heard it begged that not another word be spoken to them, for they could not bear what was commanded. Even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The appearance was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Instead, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels and a festive gathering, to the assembly of the firstborn whose names have been written in heaven, to a judge who is God of all, to the spirits of righteous people made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which says better things than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not reject the one who speaks. For if they did not escape when they rejected him who warned them on earth, even less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. His voice shook the earth at that time, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This expression, yet once more, indicates the removal of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what is not shaken might remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken... Let us be thankful. By it, we may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. 
Show of hands, how many have ever read that passage before? A few. How many of you remembered that passage, though? It's an interesting passage of Scripture. It's one we don't talk about a lot. This morning, I've got three things I want to share with you. I want to let you know the first two are a little scary, all right? We're going to write them down because they're going to happen. It's important to know, but they're a little scary. I'm going to tell you in advance, okay? And so the first thing I want you to know is according to this text, guys, is this. A time is coming when God is going to shake heaven and earth, right? A time is coming when God is going to shake heaven and earth. And I want you to listen to me this morning. We're, we're going to talk about this because I believe in our day and age of modern Christianity, we, we don't talk about this enough anymore, right? I, I, I'm not sure what happened, but I, I think somewhere in our spirit, um, we believe God is just slow. Right? I mean, the scripture says God is not slow as we understand slowness, but he's patient with us because he doesn't want anyone to perish. But I think somewhere in our spirit, we just believe that Jesus is going to come back so much later that we don't kind of think about end times much anymore, right? Now, I know there are some that they are consumed by end times, but I think most of us probably don't think about how the story ends anymore. But the Bible is clear that the end is coming. Guys, the end is coming. There will be an end to everything. Like all of creation that we know, this text says, all of creation that we know is going to be removed and all that will remain in its place will be a new kingdom, a kingdom of righteousness. Okay? I want you to think through that. All that we know. Think about what you know about the world. Think about what you know about a beautiful sunrise or sunset. Think about what you know about nature. Think about what you know about life. And the Bible says literally there's a day is coming when God's going to shake all of that and he's going to remove it. And according to the Bible, we look at it in context, California's right, man, on this one thing. <laughs> the big one's coming, <laughs> Right? California, they always talk about the big one, the big, the big earthquake is coming. Someday the earthquake is going to be so big, the whole state might just fall into the ocean. They're like, a big one is coming. You're right. According to the Bible, a big one is coming. An earthquake is coming that, 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 that will end all earthquakes. Look at verse 26 here on the screen. Uh, his voice shook the earth at that time, but now he has promised it once more, not only to shake earth, but also to shake heaven. And, and guy, listen, that's a biblical prophecy. And I'm not proof texting here. I'm not saying, hey, we're going to build our whole theology on the end times in one verse. And rather, I want to show you, this is found throughout all of Scripture, right? Um, look, at, look at verse 27. It says, uh, this is how big this earthquake is. Yet once more indicates the removal of what can be shaken. That is created thing. The earthquake is so big, all created things as we know them are going to be removed. And I know that sounds kind of scary, but it is true. The Bible says that someday our world is going to come to a cataclysmic end. E. Okay? Welcome to church. It's really excited about preaching this message this morning. Right? Someday, our world is going to come to a cataclysmic end. And, 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 and listen, again, this is found all throughout Scripture. Listen to what Isaiah says, Isaiah 13, 13. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble, and the earth will shake from its foundations at the wrath of the Lord of armies on the day of his burning anger. So, like, this isn't a new concept in the New Testament. God's always kind of said, hey, an end is coming. I'm going to rattle the earth, right? Listen to this in, in Isaiah 24. Uh, it gets 
worse. Whoever flees at the sound of panic will fall into a pit, and whoever escapes from that pit is going to be caught in a trap, for the windows on high are open, and the foundations of the earth are shaken. Right? And you're going, oh my gosh. Turn with me to the book of Revelation. I know some of you like that book a lot. Some of you have never read it, but, but turn with me to the book of Revelation. I, I want to read to you. Um, we'll start in chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. Um, so we're going to look at the sixth seal and the seventh bowl. Uh, Revelation chapter 6, starting in verse 12. Uh, John writes, Then I saw him open up the sixth seal. A violent earthquake occurred. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of hair. The entire moon became like blood. The stars of heaven, ready, fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its unripe figs when shaken by high wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and island was moved from its place. That's a quake. John says, I saw God shake the earth. And it was so shaken that the stars fell from the sky. Right? The sky was ripped in two. Uh, it, it gets, again, worse. Revelation 16, um, starting in verse 17. And, and, and this is the, the, the wrath or the seventh bowl that's poured out. It says, uh, starting in verse 17, Then the, the seventh poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, It is done. There were flashes of lightning, rumbles, and and peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake occurred like no other since people have been on the earth. So great was the quake. The great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nation fell. Babylon the great was remembered in God's presence. He gave her the cup filled with the wine of his fierce anger. Every island fled, and the mountains disappeared. And the mountains disappeared. Whew. Time is coming when everything that we know is going to come to an end. And then the kingdom, right? The kingdom which was inaugurated when Jesus came. When Jesus came in the flesh, okay, that future kingdom invaded the present evil age. And so it was, it was inaugurated. But when Jesus comes again, the earth is going to be shaken. And all of created things are going to be removed so that only God's kingdom remains. Okay? Jesus put it this way in, uh, in Matthew 24. He said, uh, Nation is going to rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these events are the beginning of labor pains. And so, guys, when we think about our world and we think about some of the things that they, they face, I was listening to the radio and, and, and listening to a country that has had no rain for almost three years. And you go, man, that's really hard. You read about earthquakes and, and how devastating they can be, and you go, man, that's really, really hard. And you say, what is that? And, and God is reminding us, listen, God is reminding us the end is going to come. Now, now listen, does that mean that your job is to read into every earthquake when the end time is going to come? Jesus says you're not going to know the day or the hour. 
All right, so I love you and maybe you love the book of Revelation and like you camp there and you send me emails about when the end is gonna come. Um, I love you, just know how I receive those. I receive those uh, under the umbrella of Jesus' words that says you don't know the day or the hour and so I love you and I just, just sometimes you, it makes me wonder about you but I love you. Um, so are we supposed to read into every earthquake, oh, the end is coming, the end is coming. No, but we, we, the earthquakes are supposed to remind us that a day is coming where God will shake all things up that we know. And his kingdom will be the only thing that remains. Okay, so that's where we start. That's where we start this morning. Now, I know that's a great place to start a sermon, right? Woohoo! Yes, welcome to church! Awesome! Great way to end a whole series, too. I thought, really, Lord, this is the note we're going to end this on? He's like, yes, this is the note we're going to end. Okay, fine, Lord, whatever you say. Okay, so that's where we start. Day is coming where God is going to shake all things up. He's going to remove all created things, okay? Uh, second thing I, I, the, the text teaches us, and maybe it's, again, this is one of those things that you have never quite grasped, but uh, the text teaches us this, that because of Jesus, we're going to be even more accountable on that day. Because of Jesus, we're going to be even more accountable on that day. And this is shocking for some to hear. I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but there is some really bad, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, Mama Juju out there. There's some really bad thoughts about God out there that are spreading around. And some of that bad juju uh, says something like this, uh, that, that God, uh, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are two different gods. Right? I mean, I mean people believe, they believe. Jesus, they say, is proof that God has changed. Right? Jesus, they say, is proof that God is, is love. God is no longer all of that, that Old Testament business. He's no, no longer that fire and that brimstone and that judgment. And that's what they're going to say. It's like, listen, that, that Jesus is proof. Jesus came and listen, he loved everybody. Jesus came and he healed everybody. And Jesus came and, and so they, they, they're believing. And by the way, this, this goes all the way back to early church life. A guy named Marcion, a great controversy. Uh, he was a heretic that taught that we only needed to pay attention to the stuff that Jesus did because Jesus uh, is, is the best representation of God in the flesh, which that's accurate, right? Okay, but, but he, they, they, they would go further and say, see, God no longer is about those righteous, holy, uh, fire, judgment kind of stuff. That's not God. God is just who we see in Jesus. And of course, you know the problem with that, right? As the Bible says, that's impossible because God doesn't change. James puts it this way. He says, every good and perfect gift is uh, from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who what? Who does not change. And so guys, that means when Jesus showed up on earth, Jesus, who is eternal, who is God, right? Who, who is incarnated in the flesh. When Jesus comes, the God-man, God in the flesh, he was the same person that he had always been. Right? That's why the author of Hebrews says in chapter 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and so listen to me. What that means, guys, is that the character and the nature of Jesus Christ is the same as the character and nature of God has always been. And that means that Jesus, while he is love, is also just and righteous. And I want you to hear the warning here. I'm, I'm going to read some verse 25, and, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll put some other things on the screen for you. Here we go, verse 25. It says, see to it that you don't reject the one who speaks. For if, if they did not escape when they rejected him who warned them on earth, 
even less will we if we turn away from him who warns us on heaven. So let me break that down for you. It starts in verse 18, talking about Moses on the mountain meeting with God. And when Moses was on the mountain meeting with God, you remember that there was a great cloud above the mountain, and there was darkness, and there was lightning, and there was thunder, and there was a booming voice saying, don't touch the mountain! Right? I mean, really. Don't touch the mountain. And if you touch the mountain, what happens? You die. Right? Don't even let your animal touch the mountain, because if your animal touches the mountain, what happens? You die. And so the, the writer of Hebrews says, hey, hey, time out, time out. Remember what, what, what God was like with Moses? Like, do you remember that? And, and then the writer wants you to get a point. And Moses was just a man. Moses was just a messenger. Listen, like, and, 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 and he points out this point. Do you remember what God did with all of the people that rejected Moses? Because Moses came down from the mountain and said, hey, here's God, how God says we should live, and this is where we need to go, and this is what we got to do, right? And, and the people that rejected that, do you remember how God treated them? What happened? They died. They died. All of them. Everyone who rejected the word of God through the prophet of Moses, everyone who refused to cross over, they died in the desert. And the author of Hebrews says, listen, if that's how God judged the people when they heard words from Moses, how do you think God is going to judge people that heard the words of his own son who he gave as a sacrifice for their sins? Can you let the gravity of that just sit on your chest for a second? We live in a culture that is preaching Jesus makes it easier. And because of Jesus, we don't have to worry about it anymore. I don't have to worry about my sin. I don't have to worry about my behavior. I don't have to worry about nothing because Jesus is just love. No, my friends. Jesus is love, but he is righteous. He is perfect, he is holy, and he is just. And he is coming back to judge. (laughs) Judgment is coming. And listen, the author of Hebrews says, listen, I don't want you to miss this. If the Israelites didn't escape judgment because they didn't listen to the words of Moses, what does he say? Even less will we if we turn away from the words of Jesus. You guys follow me? So here we go. An end is coming when God is going to shake up all things. That's going to happen. We who have heard the words of Jesus, if we don't pay attention, we're in worse trouble than the Israelites. Okay? But here's the good news. This is the best news of the kingdom right here. All right, third thing. Everyone who has received the kingdom will remain. Everyone who has received the kingdom will remain. I'm going to read uh, verse 26 and then I'll put 27 on the screen for you. It says, His voice shook the earth at that time, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. God's going to shake all things up at the end time, right? And then the the author of Hebrews explains that in verse 27. He says, yet once more indicates the removal of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what is not shaken might remain. And you're supposed to read that and say, well, what is not shaken? Even better yet, well, who is not shaken? 
God's going to remove all created things. But, but listen, so that God's going God's to shake the heavens and, and the earth going to shake. Stars are going to fall. The sky is going to rip. Earth is going to shatter. And God is doing all that. So what? There's a reason for it. Follow, there's a reason. He's going to do all that so that what is not shaken might remain. And so you say, well, what is not shaken? And so you read on. The next verse says, ready? Therefore, here's what's not shaken. Since we're receiving a kingdom that what? Cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful. By the way, that's your proper response if you're a citizen of the kingdom. <laughs> if you're a citizen of the kingdom, the truth of God's word is that when that end time comes, that the kingdom of God will be unshaken and will, as Jesus says, one day fill the entire earth and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Now, some people are going to say, Pastor, uh, I had some discussions with people this week and they said, okay, so Pastor, does that mean if uh, we are unshaken, does that mean that we will be unharmed? Right? Those are my, my lovely, um, if we're talking revelation and tribulation, those are my, my pre-trib folks. Jesus is going to come and take me before that tribulation. I, I'm going to be unharmed and unscathed. They say, Pastor, is that the case? Is that what you're saying? I said, I'm not getting into pre-trib or post-trib. I'm not, I'm not here to interpret revelation for you. What I'm here to say is an end is coming and you need to be ready. An end is coming and you need to be ready, right? Now, now listen, I, I think it'd be great, by the way, if the Lord takes all of his children before things get messy. Um, but when I study the New Testament, I think life is just messy. And I just see over and over Christians having to endure hardship. And I, I just wonder, how does that, how does that, now listen, hey, if that happens, hallelujah, right? Amen. Pray. If I win the lottery tomorrow, hallelujah, but I ain't planning on it. Do you follow me? I'm just saying, I'm like, I, that's not how I set up my budget, Right? I didn't go out and buy the Lamborghini going, I'm going to win it. I know it. Like that, that didn't happen. I sat down and figured out if I could afford a Mazda, you know. I'm just like working through it. Do they, do they still have those, those little GMC blue things that I don't know, Geo goes or whatever. Kind of had to run your start. and That's my budget. Listen, I'm not telling you. That when it says the kingdom will be unshaken, that it means that everything will be easy for us or that, that Christians won't face persecution or even death because I think Jesus tells us we need to be ready for those things. But what I am saying is that even if you face death, you are immovable and unshaken because of what God has done for you and you will inherit the earth. By the way, that's the final destination. I know we kind of talk about heaven all the time. Oh, heaven. Well, heaven's going to be earth. Right? That's what the Bible says. God's going to make a new heaven, a new earth. It's going to come down, be here. God's going to reign with his people again. That's a recreation of a Genesis moment. And the Bible says that is what you get if you're in Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. So you need to know, guys, when you turn on the news and it seems really bad, it's probably going to get worse. You need to know when you send your kids off to school, and you hear some of the stuff going on, and you go, that's really bad, you know it's probably going to get worse. When you get on whatever news station, CNN, Fox, whatever way you go, and you go, man, that's really bad, it's probably going to get worse. God 
has to shake all things up so that the only thing that remains is his kingdom. That's what's coming. So what do we do? What do we do in response to that? Ready? Uh, just a couple things. Number one, is we accept Jesus. <laughs> we accept Jesus today. I, I, I want to take you back to that Hebrews text and listen to what it says in verse 25. And this is kind of our, our verse for the day. Ready? Verse 25. See to it that you do not reject the one who speaks. The opposite of reject is what? Accept. Guys, we have something that they didn't have. See, the Israelites had Moses on a mountain with God, and they had a voice, uh, the voice of God booming, going, don't touch the mountain. And they're like, ah! Like, they have that. And we have Jesus, nail-scarred hands, standing before us, arms wide open, saying, come to me, all you who are weary and tired of life, and I will give you rest. I am enough. I'm your perfection. I'm your resurrection. I'm your gate. Come to me. We have Jesus. And so, friends, what the author of Hebrews warns is don't reject him. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, that's what they call it, okay? I didn't make up the term. It means little Christ. If you don't like the term, you can be a follower of Jesus Christ. You can be a child of God. You can call yourself a citizen of the kingdom. All those titles work. But if you're here today and that doesn't describe you, I need you to know a day is coming when God sets all things right. And the only way to be a part of that kingdom is through Jesus. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. And so if you're here today and you've never done that, I want you to know it's not crazy, it's not hard. Well, it is hard because you're going to have to overcome your pride. Because we think we're good enough. Maybe you're here today and you go, man, I'm a pretty good person. You know, I mean, I really am. I don't, I don't cuss much, you know. I only drink a little, right? Pretty good person. I mean, I've only lied on my taxes five times. Is that the last five years? Only just, it was just a little bit. Pretty good person. Listen, you may be good, but you're not perfect. And the Bible doesn't say that God is just good. It does say he's good. He is. But it also says he's holy, holy, holy. He's perfect, perfect, perfect. And then it goes on and says nobody can be in his presence. It's not. So I want you to know your goodness isn't going to work. The Bible declares that all of our acts of righteousness are like filthy rags unto God. And so if you want to be a citizen of the kingdom, you don't get to show up at the wedding banquet dressed however you want to dress. You're going to get thrown out. We talked about that last week. The only way you can show up is being clothed in the perfectness of Jesus Christ. And you get those clothes by asking for them. Jesus, I'm not good enough. I am a sinner. I have messed things up and I need you. Would you cover me? Would you clothe me with your perfect record? And, and get this, guys. You're not always going to feel like it. But that exchange is not just an exchange that happens in your heart. It's one that happens in heaven. And in the record books of heaven, God changes your account forever. And once you ask Jesus to give you his perfect record, you've got it until you die. Right? So I want to encourage you today, if you've never done that, in a moment, we'll have a moment. Sharon's going to come and play something beautiful on the piano. 
when she plays something beautiful, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. And you just say to God, God, I need you to come into my life. I need you to forgive me of my sins. I need your perfect record, not mine. Okay? So we'll do that. That's the first thing I want to challenge you with. Second thing I want to challenge you with, guys, uh, is, uh, is the proper response if you are a citizen of the kingdom. Right? And, uh, and, and again, follow me. This is what it says at the end of verse 28. It says, therefore, um, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. By it, we may serve. That word uh, also means worship. By it, we may worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Because I'm a citizen of the kingdom, because I know how my story ends... <laughs> I worship God in awe, going, God, you are good. How, do you, how have you done this for me? How have you, why have you done this for me? God, you are good. And so the proper response to understanding the gift of God is worship. Everybody got it? Awesome, awesome. Well, join me in word of prayer if you don't mind. Father, um, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for your goodness, and, and thank you for your word, and I thank you for your kingdom. Yeah. And uh, Lord, uh, I just want to pray a special prayer this morning for anyone here that has not yet entered into your kingdom. And this message isn't meant to scare them, though it is scary. And this message isn't meant to try to beat them up. That's, that's not the point. The message is, is to simply declare the truth of your word, which says none of us are good enough to enter your kingdom on our own and by ourselves. And God, what we need, what we need, what we need, what we need, what we need is you. Jesus, what we need is you in our lives. What we need is you to clothe us in your goodness and your righteousness. We need your perfection. And so, God, I pray right now just for a spirit of honesty to fall heavy on this place. And I, I pray that if there's anyone here that has never received you as the king of their life, because you're the king of the kingdom, right? The king, uh, that they today would come before you. And they would say, I need you to be in charge of me. I want you to be my king. And Holy Spirit, that's what we're asking for, just a, a miracle to, to happen today in our midst. Holy Spirit, just do that. So with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I'm just going to ask, is there anyone here that's not a believer in Jesus Christ? You're here and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus but I'm hearing this morning, I kind of want to be a part of this kingdom. Anybody that just applies to you? Say, man, I, I, don't, I don't know the Lord, but today I, I would like to receive uh, Jesus. I want to be clothed in his righteousness. Anybody, you just raise your hand where you are. Uh, just raise your hand where you are. Awesome. Okay, doesn't have to be a big high hand, but just a hand. Yeah, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Here's what we're going to pray. Okay, you that raise your hands, just pray with me. Maybe, maybe you wanted to raise your hand and you're like, oh, I can't do that. That dude's looking at me. So just, just bow your head right here, right now, and just pray this very simple prayer. King Jesus, I understand today that I need you in my life. I believe that your kingdom is coming. And I believe the only way I can get there is through a personal relationship with you. And so Jesus... Please come into my life today. Come and be my guide. Come and take control of me. Be my king. I want to be a part of your kingdom forever. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need you to forgive me. I'm going to mess up from here, I'm sure. But when I do, remind me 
that you've changed the record books in heaven and that I am yours. God, I love you. God, I love you. Have control of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now guys, uh, Sharon, are you up for this? Can we do a little song? Okay. Just, you, you, you pick. You can be one of the ones we just sung. Right? Maybe can we do a little Jesus of all of me? Um, so guys, like the, uh, the last part of that verse, it says that the only proper response is worship and all. It's worship and all. And so um, that, that prayer we just prayed, that people just, hey, I, I want this, that should be our prayer every day. Every single day, Jesus, have all of me because I'm resting, I need you. And so um, Sharon's going to lead us. We're just going to sing that chorus a couple times and uh, because otherwise we're not walking out the scripture. And you're not meant to read the scripture. It's not meant to make you smarter. It's meant to change you, okay? It's meant to change you. And you're supposed to respond to it, not just go, that was nice. And so we're going to respond to the word of God that says because we have a kingdom that is unshakable, let us worship God and let, him, let us serve him, okay? And so would you stand up with us? Let's worship God just for a moment together before we take up our morning offering. I'm going to ask our ushers to come up this morning, and we're going to take up our morning offering. Uh, guys, it is September. It's a brand new month, and, uh, and we start all things again. And, and we're so gracious to what the Lord did here last month. Um, you can check out the bulletin and, and how God just showed up and provided uh, in, in major ways here last month. Our, our budget's about 48000 and the Lord provided ninety uh, over $90,000 last month, which is just we're just shaking our heads going, yeah, Jesus. And uh, if you're wondering uh, why God might be doing some of those things, we've got big stuff going on. We're meeting with builders about the new uh, property and, and we're getting bids. And uh, we hope in October to roll out to you guys all of the plans and the cost. And, and we'll take a vote and start moving some dirt. And man, we're, we're just super, super excited. And the Lord has gone before us. And some of those hurdles we had shared with you guys uh, in, in regards to water rights and all kinds of things, like God is just showing up and doing cool stuff. And so we're really excited uh, about those things. And so, uh, guys, I, I want to remind you that um, the way this works is, is the Lord provides, and, and we recognize it's his provision. And so what this is, is, is an opportunity to confess that God is your king. I was talking with one of my deacons uh, last week, and he said, hey, do you ever talk about first fruits? And I said, yeah, I throw it out there every once in a while, but I'll throw it out there this week. Um, it, we, we give, uh, now traditionally, remember what, when there wasn't monetary value uh, so much, um, basically people would give from the first of their harvest, okay? And so they would give that first fruits unto God. And, and, and you say, well, that's, that's an act of faith because you don't know if there's going to be second fruits, right? And, and that's what we ask of you here. And, and so when we talk about giving our tithes, we do ask that you would give off the top, that you give at the beginning of the month, that you wouldn't wait to see what's left over, okay? 
Um, and, and God says, and you say, I don't know if I can do that, Pastor. Listen, God says, test me in this and see if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven. And so if you're one of those people, man, you'd be like, I've never tried it. I'm just going to say pray about it and see what the Lord does. This is the one area, if you're testy, you get to test God in, okay? And so uh, let's be faithful in all that he's done for us. Um, if you're not a member with us, you don't have to give, okay? That, that's, your, that's your, hey, you're visiting with us. What you do instead is fill out a visitor card. At the end of the service, come see me. Bring me the visitor card in my hand, and I will give you a gift and say thank you so much for being with us. Um, guys, uh, let's, let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word and thank you for your presence in this place. God, we recognize that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift that they all come down from you who is the father of heavenly lights. And God, we thank you for being the light of our world. Thank you for um, who you are. and Thank you for what you've done in the person of your son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, be glorified now in our faithful giving This is a way that we symbolize you indeed are the king of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.